Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That's a freak with two E's. It's a long explanation. Anyway, I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Uh, today what we have in store is we're actually going to grade another one of my rookie drafts. If you were with us last week, I graded what I called my Good Times League. I uh, had another rookie draft a week or so ago, and this is in what I call my Die Hard League. So I'm looking forward to telling you about what I did um, in that draft. Hopefully you guys are enjoying rookie draft season. I know I've got three down and two more to go myself, so I'm looking forward to uh, more of these drafts and think I'm going to jump into a new startup here uh, with another one uh, here soon as well. It's rookie time, and like I said, this is my report on my diehard league. Let me tell you a little bit about the league. Uh, this is a new league that I started with some of the best and most active owners of my other leagues that I'm a part of. So you know how it is sometimes when you, you have a dynasty league and people start to fade a little bit in their interest and aren't uh, as committed, they aren't active year-round, and you kind of get frustrated with that when you're an active dynasty owner. And so sometimes uh, one of the best things we can do is start a new league. In this case, we started a league with several of the most uh, active owners from some of my other leagues. And it's been a blast. This has quickly become my favorite league, but one, because the owners are just fantastic guys. They're really great guys. Um, I love it that they're active all year round. They make a ton of trades. You'll see that when you look, if you go to the article um, where I'm uh, posted on, on my website, the article where I graded this draft, you'll see the list of the teams that are uh, listed there. There's no, uh, the, the draft order is very random from um, round to round because so much trading has happened. I love a league like that. Uh, and I love it too because we have a lot of chatter throughout the season and throughout the off season through our uh, group me app that we all talk on. Even during the draft, these group of guys during the NFL draft, the actual NFL draft, were just chatting back and forth with each other, with each other and talking football. It's been a fantastic league. So about a month ago, I actually analyzed my startup draft for this league. Our, our startup draft was about this time of year, a year ago. And so rookies were actually included in our startup draft. You can go to my website and see how I um, graded my startup draft with this league. So you can get a, a sense for the type of team that I already had. Uh, so this was actually our first r- true rookie draft because rookies were a part of the startup last year. And it was a real blast, super fun. I think we had this this draft going on simultaneously with one of my other leagues, the Good Times League that I mentioned last time, uh, last week. And this draft took like two days, <laughs> and the Good Times League took like five days, because this 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 league is so awesome. Everyone just wants to be so involved and is ready with their picks. They've got their takes. They don't need to do any studying because they've already done the work. It's a super fun league. For context, here's the details for the league. Um, it's a 12-team league with .5 PPR. Um, small bonuses for yardage thresholds, thresholds, so there's like the normal, um, you know, points, you know, per yard, but we do have a little bit of a bonus, like when running backs or receivers get to 100 yards or when a quarterback gets to 300 yards, you get a three-point bonus in those cases. Rosters 27 players per team, so there's 324 players rostered during the year, and you'll see that we just did a five-round rookie draft. So now uh, that we've done our rookie draft and our rosters expand, we have 374 players that are rostered. So it's pretty deep, very deep league. We start 10 players uh, each week, a quarterback, uh, two running backs, three wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. As for my team, uh, last year I was the highest scoring team in the league and had the best record at the end of the season. 
But as happens in fantasy football, I lost in the semifinals to my buddy Nick. Shout out to Nick, who beat me in the semifinals and then ended up winning the championship the next week. Joker Bills is his team name. Uh, super uh, super uh, good team, uh, can, I think, that I have for this this year. I think I'm going to be very competitive in the years to come. And so I went into this rookie draft uh, without any particular needs, except maybe a little help at tight end. I thought that maybe I could use some help at tight end. Just for uh, context, here are my skill position players that I had before the draft, and this will require some explanation afterward. At quarterback, I roster uh, Jameis Winston and Phillip Rivers. Running back, I have Nick Chubb, Kerryon Johnson, Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde, C.J. Anderson, Spencer Ware, and Mike Boone. At wide receiver, I have Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Marquise Lee, Nelson Aguilar and Philip Dorsett, and then I had a tight end, Jared Cook and Jack Doyle. So that's my roster of the team, the, the skilled position players that I rostered before the draft. And so if I was just to read off to you who I drafted, it's going to look like a really weak draft. I'll tell you that right off the bat because I only had uh, four picks and I made a lot of trades, so I didn't have uh, many quality picks. I had a pick in the first round, which you'll hear about, and then uh, third, fourth, and fifth round. But here's what happened during the offseason. So I made several moves in the offseason that radically changed the draft for me. And so this draft does not look good on paper unless you consider these trades that I made. So my first big move that I made this offseason was I traded Antonio Brown. Truthfully, man, all of his like bizarre behavior during the offseason made me ready to move on from him. It's sad because he was actually my number one pick in the startup, startup draft. I think I had the 10th spot in the uh, startup draft and picked him there. Um, I put him on the trading block whenever he was acting so crazy. Um, I actually traded him before he landed in Oakland, um, but it was after it was clear that he was not going to remain at Pittsburgh. And so I just felt like, man, he's just not going to be as good. He, there's no way he's ever going to be as good as he was with Pittsburgh. And so I was willing to move on from him. So here's what the trade was. I traded Antonio Brown in my 2019 first and second round pick. Remember, I was pretty good in this league, so I had the 10th pick. So I had 110 and 210. And I traded 110 and 210 and Antonio Brown for Adam Thielen and the 1-2 and the 2-2. So I moved up significantly in the first and second round to 1-2 and 2-2 and picked up Adam Thielen while I got rid of Antonio Brown. So I still feel like this was a really good uh, trade for me. Again, like I said, it felt like Antonio Brown had peaked in his value, um, and I loved moving up to get these picks. Uh, truth be told, I wasn't like super confident in Thielen either. I think it's very possible that Thielen had his best year of his career last year. He did have an incredible year, particularly at the start of the year, though he faded at the end. And in this particular league, he finished at one spot behind Antonio Brown last year. And actually only nine points separated them in this league. So they're basically in the same exact spot as far as scoring last year. I feel like their scoring for both of them is going to go down. Um, I, I think that Oakland, like I said, isn't going to be able to sustain the same value that, that Antonio Brown had at Pittsburgh. But I'm also honest enough to admit that I think Thielen's value is going to go down. I'm worried about Minnesota becoming more of a run-first run, run first type of team like I think that they want to do. Um, but when I still compared the two and I picked up those earlier picks, I was willing to do it, plus the fact that Thielen's about three years younger. And what sealed the deal, like I said, was that I could move up to 1-2 and 2-2 instead of having to stay put at 1-10 and 2-10. And you'll see, because this next trade that I made, that actually really paid off for me as well. So after the NFL uh, draft, rookie boards started to get settled and people started knowing about who they were valuing to pick. And shortly before our rookie draft, uh, one of the owners, um, 
Dave Cancellari from the Mobsters, he contacted me about wanting to move up to the 1.2 because he really wanted David Montgomery. He said that he liked him a lot. He was pretty sure that Josh Jacobs was going to go number one, but he wanted to sit there at the two spot so that he could take David Montgomery. And we ended up striking a pretty good deal, I feel like, for me. Um, I received T.Y. Hilton in his 2020 first uh, for this pick, 1.2, which he did turn into David Montgomery, in my 2020 second. So I liked this deal for me for a couple reasons. One, because I uh, already have two young running backs in Chubb and Kirion. I didn't feel like I had the an enormous need to pick up one of these young running backs in this year's draft. More importantly, I really love the 2020 draft class, and I've, I've been wanting the whole time to have two first-round picks in the 2020 class. So now I do. Um, let alone the fact that I actually love T.Y. Hilton. So the fact that T.Y. Hilton was thrown in there as well was a super, I thought was a super win uh, for me. Plus, I didn't tell, tell you this yet, but I already had two 2020 second round picks. And so I gave up one of my 2020 second round picks while I still have another one. And we'll see what happens. But I gave him the one that I traded for um, last year um, because I think that that team's going to finish worse than me. So I, I, I actually traded in my pick thinking that I'll do better than the team that I traded with. So I still have a 2022nd, but now I have two 2021sts, and I have T.Y. Hilton, while this owner, uh, Dave, has David Montgomery. So I gave up overall, if you think about this offseason, I gave up Antonio Brown, 2019, 110, and 210, and a 2022nd round pick. But I added Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, a 2019 pick of 2-2, so the second pick in the second round, and I got a 2021st. So when I look at my rookie draft class that I'm just about to discuss, you'll see the players aren't that great, but you'll also need to say that this draft class of mine for this rookie draft also includes Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, and a 2020 first-round pick with a loss of Antonio Brown. So I lost one player. I picked up two great receivers and a 2020 first. Now, that sets the context for this draft. So going into the draft, knowing that I'd already made those moves, I felt like I didn't have any glaring weaknesses on my team. I felt like I was loaded at wide receivers in this league, and my, my wide receivers were getting a little bit older. They are a lot of them nearing 30, um, and I felt like I was really young at running back, um, and I had even had some handcuffs both to players that I own as well as second-string guys that I felt like could easily step in if a player on another team was hurt. Uh, only thing that I hope to do during this draft, too, is I hope to trade LaShawn McCoy. I felt like he was kind of a dwindling asset on my team and was hoping that I could package him in a trade, maybe to move up or, or just trade straight up for a draft pick um, in the draft if I was able. I knew that I, I had some need at tight end to get uh, more youth at tight end, but I knew that I wasn't going to take Hawkinson or Fant early. Like I, I thought like I was going to have to wait and take one of the lower-tier tight ends and hope that I picked the right one. Finally, uh, before I share about the draft, I knew this was a super smart draft because these awesome owners were going to make a lot of trades, and I figured in this league in particular, more than any of the others that I'm a part of, there was going to be a lot of sniping of players uh, that I could get, so I kind of went into the draft a little bit more aggressive in the sense of, if there's a guy that I like, I've got to be willing to take him earlier than I would in other leagues where I felt like a guy could fall to me. You'll see that uh, is what I did in the third round. So that said, here we go the 2019 rookie draft for the Die Hard League. I'll just kind of share what the first round looked like. And I won't list every pick beyond that. But in the first round, it went Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Nikhil Harry, Miles Sanders, Mikol Hardman, Marquise Brown. There was actually a really cool trade between two of those teams, the, the team that had the third and fourth pick, and Nikhil Harry and Miles Sanders. Uh, the One team picked those two players back-to-back because he had back-to-back picks. And the guy that, had, that was behind him had back-to-back picks too. And so... 
he said, man, those are the two players that I hope would fall to me. So they actually swapped players. Um, so the, the guy that originally drafted Harry and Sanders um, ended up trading them to the guy behind him uh, so that he could pick up Calvin Ridley, and then he drafted uh, Nicole Hardman and Marquise Brown. So he got uh, three good receivers out of it instead of having Nikhil Harry and Miles Sanders. That was a fun trade in this league. Uh, so after Marquise Brown at six, uh, seven went DK Metcalf, eight went Paris Campbell, nine went Kyler Murray, 10 went TJ Hawkinson, and 11, uh, I was sitting, you know, pick two of the second round. So I was sitting at pick number 14. And at this point, I was realizing that two of the guys that I really had valued, uh, Debo Samuel and AJ Brown, were both available. And so I was trying to trade up. I felt like both of those guys were going to be picked possibly by uh, the champion Joker Bills. He had back to back picks. The first last pick of the first round and the first pick of the second round and felt like, man, if he was to snipe me and take both of those guys, I had a real tear drop off after them. And so I thought, man, I need to trade up. And so what I did was I uh, offered uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, for this pick in the the pick number 11 in the first round, straight up for LaShawn McCoy and this owner moving down to take my 2.2. So all I did was move up four spots, 14 to 11, and I gave up LaShawn McCoy. That may feel like a lot, and, and probably, it probably looks worse on paper than I felt like it did for my team and my team's needs, but I was able to trade up and get the guy that I wanted. Um, I had Debo Samuel ranked number six in my rankings, and A.J. Brown ranked number four in my rankings, rookie rankings, and so I was on the board, and I actually made a little bit of a break with my rankings. I can't explain why exactly, um, but I actually picked Debo Samuel here at pick number 111 and, uh, instead, of, instead of A.J. Brown. Uh, the little bit of my thinking there was this is a half PPR league. I do feel like at least early in his career, Debo's going to get a lot more targets than A.J. Brown, who I'm pretty confident that Tennessee is going to try to be a really run first team. And so it was a little bit of a selfish one, wanting to kind of maybe see him play well faster than A.J. Brown. But I also had them ranked number four, number six, so they're pretty close. So added Debo to my team, which is already stacked at wide receiver, so Debo's going to have time just to sit but now I love that I have a much younger receiver than a lot of my guys that are getting closer to 30. I've got he and Tyler Boyd as my young guys on my team now. So that's what I did. I traded up and gave away LaShawn McCoy to get to 111 and pick uh, myself some Debo Samuel. Last pick of that round went Hakeem Butler. In the second round, I can just list some of the names here. It went uh, Daryl Henderson, then A.J. Brown, so maybe I could have actually stayed where I was and got him. Um, Deontay Johnson went pretty early there at, uh, at pick number three in the second round. Then J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Damian Harris, Andy Isabella, Isabella, Miles Boykin, Justice Hill, Noah Fant, Alexander Madison, Darwin Thompson, and Bryce Love. That's how the second round kind of went. I won't list all the names in the third round, except I'll tell you what I did. I was sitting there back at my normal pick, my number pick number 10 in that round, which I stayed at my normal picks the rest of this draft. So at 310, um, I drafted uh, Bruce Anderson. This time I actually stayed true to my rankings. I had Bruce Anderson number 31, had Rodney Anderson number 37, and I was also really considering Cadre Allison. I knew I wanted one of these young running backs, and I just felt like I wanted to stay true to my board and where Bruce Anderson could fall in a lot of my other drafts. In my draft that I mentioned last week, I was able to get Bruce Anderson at pick number 45, but here I was at number 37, or number uh, 30, um, this would have been pick number 34, and I picked him here at 34, whereas in my other draft I waited to 45. This league's just too sharp, but I knew if I really wanted to have him on my team, I had to go ahead and grab him here. fact is, I think that the running back position uh, in Tampa Bay is up for grabs. They didn't draft anyone, uh, but they elected to sign Bruce pretty quickly as an undrafted free agent. 
if you watch this film, he's really special to watch. He's fun. Um, I think that he'll make the team on special teams at least because he's such a good um, special teams player, kick returner. So I'm convinced that he'll make the team. And I'm just real hopeful that he might become like a David Johnson light. Don't hear me say David Johnson. David Johnson light. Just putting the fit back with Arians and what he made out of David Johnson to see that he could do something like that and find a special way to use Anderson. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. I saw that uh, a few weeks ago they cut some of their other running backs. I think Kerwin Williams was on their team, and they let him go. And so the fact that they make moves like that make me think that they already see Bruce Anderson as able to make the squad. So that's where I went there, and sure enough, Rodney Anderson went the pick right after that, and two picks after that was Quadre Allison. So the, all the running backs I was considering went kind of back-to-back-to-back to back to back there. Hopefully I made the right choice in taking Bruce Anderson. I stayed true to my board. Moving down now to the fourth round, I had the 10th pick in the fourth round. Here's where I went ahead and took a stab at a tight end. I knew I was going to get uh, one of the bottom-tier tight ends, but I wanted to grab one that I was hopeful for and actually one that I thought had a pretty good opportunity to play early so that I could see if he makes the team and has some promise early. That way I could cut him early or I would know something early. And so I drafted uh, Dawson Knox. Um, I didn't want to come away with I did want to come away with one tight end in this draft, and this just seemed like the time uh, to take him. Uh, Buffalo showed that they have a need at the tight end position all off season because they let Charles Clay go, they drafted or they um, signed Tyler Croft, and I think a couple other uh, free agent tight ends as well. And so I felt like uh, Dawson Knox really showed a lot more. His tape showed a lot more than than what his production did. Like if you just looked at his raw stats at Old Miss, you're not going to be too impressed. But I heard some interviews with him. I uh, know a couple other people that ranked him pretty high in their rookie uh, analysis. And the fact that he was drafted uh, fairly early by Buffalo made me think that he's going to get his chances to play. Now, I drafted him before we, the news came out last week. You know, So now it actually looks like a smarter move for me. Uh, I would just call it luck in this case because Tyler Croft broke his foot. And they let one of their other tight ends that they picked up go. So now Knox is going to have every chance in the world um, to, to show up and, and get a shot to play right away. So this is great news for me. Um, I feel like I'll get a chance to really see if he's going to play and if he's going to you know shine early. If he doesn't, this is the kind of pick this late that you can just move on quickly, particularly at a tight end position. But if he does get some playing time and show something, he's a guy that I can hold while uh, the often injured uh, Jack Doyle and the aging Jared Cook can uh, fill in it in the meantime while I wait for Knox to try to prove something. Real quickly, I'll move to my last pick here. All the way down in the fifth round, pick number 10 in the fifth round, I took Gary Jennings. And I thought this was a steal, really. Jennings fell this far in the draft. I had him ranked as my number 36th ranked rookie overall. But here I got him at pick number 58. Isn't that wild? So I, I got him at pick number 58, 22 spots uh, below where I actually had him ranked. So I love the value there. With Baldwin retiring and DK Metcalf coming in, and he's got some questions too. He's a rookie. Uh, Jennings going to have every chance to win a starting position. One of the things I really like too, at, and you know, this kind of point in the draft when it's late, I like going with teams like Seattle, um, players that get drafted by Seattle, because Pete Carroll does not give a care about someone's draft capital. He really doesn't. We obviously saw that with Russell Wilson coming in and being a starter right away in his rookie year. It didn't matter what anyone else was paid or what someone's draft capital is. Pete Carroll plays the best players. And so I like when teams do that. There's a few teams in the league that are really solid in their conviction to do that. And so that's the good news because you can find out right away, like, they're going to speak with their, with their words. Their actions are going to speak, rather. Uh, if, they, if he's starting or playing a lot, we're going to know that he has every chance to become a starter because uh, their coaching staff believes that he's best for their team. So, love that I got Gary Jennings there late. So, on paper, it looks like Gary Jennings, uh, 
Dawson Knox, Bruce Anderson, and uh, Debo Samuel. Not too impressive, right, on paper. But add to that Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, and a 2021st. That's the way I convinced myself that this was a much better draft than it looks on paper. Real briefly, I'll tell you, I added two players in free agency right after the draft. I added Dylan Mitchell and Foster Moreau in free agency. Um, I did want Foster Moreau, one more tight end prospect, just to have someone else um, that's a possible prospect on my team. Um, I heard a number of great things about him. I didn't like his film as much, but felt like the, wide, the tight end positions are wide open there in Oakland too, so I can roster him for a bit and see what happens. Um, and then I drafted uh, Dylan Mitchell. Um, really, honestly, I didn't have him in my rankings, but this is a really deep league, and a lot of the other players that were in my rankings were already taken. But I heard a couple good things from people that I trust about Dylan Mitchell, Mitchell. and um, especially like that I, since I have Adam Thielen, were someone to get injured, were Thielen, of course, to get injured, or even if Stefan Diggs were to get injured, um, I'd like to be able to hold Mitchell just to see if someone else steps in the spot. I'm not sure that he'll last on my team, as you know, is the case with any free agents that we pick up after our five-round rookie draft. But I love that I get to hold him um, and see what he can do here as we near, you know, training camps and and into some preseason games before too long. So that's my draft for this diehard league. I hope that it helped you as you consider players. If you've done your drafts, maybe you're just having fun reflecting on it, and the players as well, or maybe you haven't done your drafts. In which case, um, it's a great way for you to listen and learn uh, from the experiences that I've had and the drafts that I've already been a part of. I'd encourage you to go to the website, too, because, like I said, this is a diehard league. These are guys that really know their stuff. And so I would go to the website and where I wrote an article on it where I list all the players so you can see um, where people valued in this, this league that's very competitive. You can look at what they thought of players based on who they drafted. And so don't just look at my stuff. Check out the other teams uh, through the article that I wrote and um, – Check out what the other teams did as well. That can help you kind of determine some ADP as you get nearer into your drafts and think about which guys you might have to take a stab on early or which guys you can wait on late. So that's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at Dynasty Freaks. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's. Uh, I am much better on email than I am on Twitter. So DynastyFreaks at gmail.com or you can just message me through the website at DynastyFreaks.com. I will say here in closing that I have been building the website and the podcast for about a year now. I wanted to develop a year's worth of content before promoting the website or any other podcast. I did this for two reasons. Uh, one, just to get better through practice. Second reason, though, was that I really wanted to have a year's worth of verifiable and contestable content on the site so you can see for yourself. You can listen to past podcasts or you can go back and read past articles and see if my dynasty takes are generally right or if they're generally wrong. Of course, we're all going to hit on some things and miss on some things, right? It is just fantasy football after all, right? But I do hope that you'll test me. I want you to test me and go back and read those articles and listen to podcasts and see if I can't become your most trustworthy, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Now that I've been doing this for about a year um, and have this verifiable and contestable content on the website, I'm going to start promoting the website. I'm meeting with someone that does some SEO work uh, this week to help with the website. And you can help me, too, by reviewing the podcast on iTunes. I'd really appreciate the support. And if you'll take time uh, to do that, I'll read and uh, read your review. And so I do have two reviews on the website now. So <laughs> on the uh, iTunes right now, I'll read the first one. And this one is, uh, this is when you get your brotherly support, right? When your brother, Shane Christopher, my brother, was the first to rate and review. So I appreciate that. And I'm not ashamed to even read it, even though he's my brother. 
He says, Justin knows his stuff and has great insights for new and veteran dynasty football players. He's quick to respond to questions and loves giving, loves giving helpful advice. So thank you, little brother. My little brother's the bandits on this diehard team. So if you want to look up his draft, feel free to do that as well uh, on the website. I appreciate that, and I hope that you guys would also rate and review the website, or rate, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That would do me a very big favor. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.